You know, that song's most appropriate in the day in which we live. May we never forget how merciful our God has been to us and how much we need his mercy in the day and times in which we live. And very thankful for the prayer offered on our behalf. Continue to pray that God's spirit would fill us, fill each one of us, that it would make a difference in our lives, that the word of the Lord would be glorified this morning and he would be honored and praised in all that we do and that we would be edified in him. As I stated this morning, uh, what a blessing it is to live in the United States of America. If you'll allow me here for just a little while, I'm going to read some quotes here in a few minutes, but we are 245 years old, and today we celebrate the vast blessing, the enormous blessing of freedom and liberty. You read history, you will find that there are very few Basically, no nation has experienced the freedom and the liberty that you and I know today. The fact of the matter is we are recipients of God's blessing upon men long ago. We stand here today as free men, as ones who have great liberty because of the blessings of the Lord. You know, all blessings come from the Lord. Thanks to be to our, our God and Father, to the Father of Jesus, Jesus Christ, our God and Father, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You know, not only spiritual blessings are we blessed with, but the natural blessings. Even the wicked are blessed with air to breathe and water to drink and food to eat. God is the blesser of all mankind. Whatever you have, However little you have or however much you have, you owe to Jesus Christ. You owe to God. And as children of God, born of the Spirit of God, we, we know that we should honor God, we should praise God, we should glorify God, we should follow Him to the best of our ability. I'm very thankful for the history that we have. You know, the Bible tells each one of us that we should be an example or an example. To those who live around us, to our children, our grandchildren, to our brothers and our sisters. However you live your life and whatever is important in your life is known to those that surround you. You can tell them one thing, but they'll, they'll pay attention to what you do. You can say, I believe in the Lord. But if you don't serve the Lord and follow the Lord, it's hard for someone to, to really clamp down and say, I, I, he really believes in the Lord. The Lord is his life. The Lord is has great meaning in his life. Our example is far, far more impressive to folks than our words. You've heard the old saying, you know, if you're going to talk the talk, you need to walk the walk. Well, I know that there have been many saints in my lifetime that I can recall back to many that I know would, nothing would hinder them from being in the house of the Lord. T times are different. Times have changed. No question about it. And anyone that believes that Things haven't changed from the onset of this country from 1776 to now. Does not read their history, or they just stick their head in the sand, you might say, and refuse to believe what has happened. You know, reality is reality. We can block it out of our minds. We can act as though it didn't happen, but that doesn't change. It's kind of like the truth. The truth doesn't change. You don't have to believe it, but it doesn't change it. You know, Jesus saved his people from their sins. 
He and he alone did that, whether you believe it or not. I'll assure you that everyone that goes to heaven will end up in heaven the same way, whether they understand how they got there or not. And hopefully we'll touch on that just a little bit. But I want to read some things that, from a man named Patrick Henry. He was a great forefather to this country. And when you read the things that he wrote, not only do you see a very God-fearing man, you see a, you see a man who has great wisdom from the Lord. How I yearn to see more men have this great blessing in their life and in, in, in the youth of their life. The first quote I would like to read, he says, My most cherished possession I wish I could leave you is my faith in Jesus Christ. For with him and nothing else you can be happy. You know, a lot of people would stand up today and tell you he didn't know what he's talking about. That ain't right. I've got all these things. I've got all these material possessions and all this money in the bank. He goes on and says, but without him and with all else, you'll never be happy. You know, for the child of God, you'll never find happiness in this world. I know that's the truth. This man said that many, many, many years ago. Long for you and I ever lived or breathed. There's great wisdom and great truth in that. Apart from Jesus Christ, you will never be satisfied. You may be satisfied for a moment. The Bible even says that sin can bring satisfaction for the moment, but it won't last. It may linger, but it won't last. A second quote that I want to read from him, and many of them are so impressive to me. It says, being a Christian is a character which I prize far above all this world has or can boast. I ask you today, are we in the same condition? Is Jesus Christ more important to us than anything in this world? As I said, by example, we show what's important to us as we live in this world. It's just a fact. You know, how we live and what we do, do is the example that we set forth and the example that we show in life. Number three says it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, they will tell you that Jesus Christ had nothing to do with the founding of this country. You know what's going on. You hear the, the things that are going on. But back in those days, these men were followers of Jesus Christ. And it, it, it's a great blessing to read the things that they wrote. I've got three or four more I want to read, and then we'll try to move forward. It says, when the American spirit was in its youth, the language of America was different. Liberty, sir, was the primary object. I wonder today, is liberty the primary object among God's people? You know, I've made a statement. It doesn't matter if you've lost a loved one tragically like I did or whatever it is. Sometimes you don't know what you have till you don't have it anymore. Must we undergo the fact that we do not have liberty and freedom anymore to understand that there's nothing more precious in this world than liberty and freedom? That's what we've known all the days of our life, is it not? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than these young folks sitting over here, but, but I've never known a time that we haven't been free, that we hadn't had liberty. The last year and a half is the closest thing I've seen to our freedoms being taken away. Maybe that's just a reminder of what's to come. I'm not sure. But there's many things that took place over the last year and a half that I don't like. You can see how your freedom can easily disappear for this cause or that cause. We need to thank God every day, not only on July the 4th, 
Independence Day, but we need to thank God every day for the freedom and liberty that we have. It is God who blessed these forefathers and these men who fought in the War of Independence. He blessed them to be victorious over a tyrannical government at that time, an oppressive government, Great Britain. Friends, they didn't, men didn't go out and win that war by themselves. All through the Bible, men who won wars and, and had victory, God's people, was because they were following the Lord, serving the Lord, and the Lord fought the battle. But as time goes on, as we study history, and he talks some things about history, not going to bring those things up. There's too many quotes that he has, but they're, they're just impressive quotes. And I just think about liberty, sir, was the primary object. I think liberty may become the primary object again. Because I tell you, if we ever lose our freedom, we'll know what we lost. If we're ever oppressed, we'll know what we lost. He says in another quote, he says, I know what others may choose, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. I wonder how many folks are willing to die for the freedom that we enjoy today. You see, we're recipients. Not a one of us fought a battle or fought in the War of Independence. Now, there are those who have come along in wars, many wars, and they fought to retain the freedom that we have. But the War of Independence was where we were declared independent from Britain, and our country grew. None of us were there. None of us were alive. And yet we have the enjoyment of all that was given to us. Friends, is it any different? It is different in one way, but... Do you enjoy the freedom and liberty you have in Jesus Christ? You were not there. He went down that road alone. We're the recipients of something that Jesus done and done alone. He didn't need our help. He loved us that much. We're told to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him. Think about that in a minute. Those that were chosen in Christ, Jesus Christ said they were the joy that was set before him. We were such a joy to the Lord that he endured the cross and despised the, saint, uh, the shame and is forever set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Think about that. He died for you. He freed you and gave you liberty and you had nothing to do with it. Matter of fact, if you look at yourself as you should, you wonder why anyone would die for someone like that. But God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. How could we not make the greatest sacrifice in our lives every day for someone that has given us freedom and liberty? And we'll talk about that a little bit more. I want to read one more, and then we'll try to move on. I close with this quote from him, liberty, the greatest of all earthly blessings. You know, everybody wants to be blessed with this or blessed with that, but you and I have been blessed to live in a great free nation by God Almighty himself due to the efforts, due to those who served and worshiped God, were faithful unto the Lord 245 years ago and even before that, before we were declared. We are the great grand recipients of those that went before us. Liberty, the greatest of all earthly blessings. Give us that precious jewel and you may take everything else. I think we're a long ways from being able to quote what Patrick Henry wrote there. Give me freedom and you have everything else. The value to him of freedom 
was far above any earthly prize, any thing that this earth has to give. You know, we place a lot of value in a lot of things. But Patrick Henry, being a very wise man, and I believe a very Christian man, placed liberty and freedom above all things. Sometimes we don't know the value of that freedom, do we? We've never known anything else. We've never been oppressed, not to the extent that many of them was, not to the extent they were, especially in the religious world. They had religious persecution in Britain. If you read about the Waldensians, you'll find that they had to go to have church. They gathered in caves and in trees in the forest. You and I kind of read that story, and I don't think, I wonder sometimes, even in myself, does it, does it have any resonation in our heart? You know, there are people who believe that because they live in the United States of America, because they live in freedom and liberty and have liberty, that they deserve it and it ought to always be that way and can never change. Friends, freedom never was free. It always come at a cost. And it always come at the cost of shedding blood. You know, the Bible always runs things together. You find that the Bible talks about reaping and sowing teaches us the natural things that we understand. We understand that men literally died in the war for independence. They literally gave their life. And these wasn't people that were drafted. These were people that had a lot of money. Renowned people, they give up everything they had for freedom and for liberty. I want you to think about what Jesus Christ gave up to free you. What were we freed from? For the law of the spirit of the life in Christ Jesus hath made, uh, made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, it doesn't matter whether you accept Jesus Christ as some people believe you got to do. The truth is the truth. He went down the road of Calvary and he went alone. And he freed us. He freed us from the power of the law. We stood guilty before God, did we not? Romans chapter 3 says all men of nature stand guilty before God. We don't have anything to offer. We had nothing to pay with. You know, we were condemned. Condemned to death. Eternal death. Eternal separation from God forever. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. Jesus Christ freed us. We look at a freedom that's not nearly unconditional is the freedom we have in Christ regardless of what goes on in this world you've been freed from the penalty and even from the guilt of death this man he went down that road himself alone he was despised we're told in Isaiah 53 and rejected of men friend we're no different we would have despised him and, and, and would have rejected him he was despised and rejected of men and yet he loved them, men. He loved his people so much that he was willing to lay down his life, to endure the cross and to despise the shame. Why? Because those that he loved with an everlasting love, as, I, as uh, Jeremiah told us, he intended for them to live in eternity with him forever. And there was only one way that was going to happen. He was going to go there and he was going to go alone. It has nothing to do with your decision your acceptance or anything else. But I tell you what it does do, if you're, a, if you're a Christian and an understander of this great truth, you ought to worship God every day according to the Word of God. We owe it all to Him. 
We do. We owe our life to him. We owe every blessing that we have to him because he freed us from the law. The law demanded perfection. If you've committed one sin, you're guilty of the entire law. He freed us from that. He took our sins upon himself and imputed his righteousness to us. He went there, and he went there alone. Jesus Christ. You can't say enough about this man. He came down from heaven. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And yet he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Friends, that's not just the folks, not just the Jewish people. That's all his people. Sometimes we have this idea that that wouldn't have been us. We wouldn't have been that way. We wouldn't have felt that way. But friends, this puts into light the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ, the love that he had for you and I. You know, Patrick Kenny was a good man, a Christian. He believed in Jesus Christ, and he believed that was the most important thing. He says, you give me Christ, and you can have everything else in this world. He says, without Christ, you can never be happy. You know, a lot of Christians don't understand that. They believe materialistic things, money and what have you, will make you happy. But most people that have a lot are never happy. They never have enough. They're never satisfied. You know, Solomon said, the eye is never satisfied seeing or the ear with hearing. We're just never satisfied in this old world. Christ satisfies. We sing that song sometimes. You know, when he has complete control of our souls and we're walking with him, it's the only time we can possibly be satisfied. Some people may argue with that, but I believe God's word is true. We're told, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He offered himself without spot unto God, and God accepted his offer on our behalf. We did nothing. We did nothing. We're the recipients of this freedom. We've been freed from the penalty. That was eternal separation from God. Not only were we freed from the penalty, we've been pre freed from the guilt. We stand guilty. If you realize that you're a bankrupt, wretched sinner, have you ever wondered why God would have saved you? I've wondered why he would have saved me. I hope he did. I have a hope in me that, that, that helps me to think that maybe I am one of his. I'm not so arrogant as to say I am. I have a hope in me, and it is the anchor of my soul that one day I'll live in heaven, a place where sin no longer exists. He freed us from the law of sin and death. No longer are we standing guilty. We know that Jesus Christ took our sins upon himself. He was nailed to a cross. He died. It says... When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. There was something, an end view inside here that was beyond anything you and I can probably imagine. We couldn't pay for our own sins. We couldn't pay for one of them. We had nothing to offer. The truth is the truth, whether you believe it or accept it. No decision you make will have any bearing on whether you go to heaven. If Jesus Christ died for you, one day you'll be in heaven and I'll be one left out. Every one of them will be there. Regardless of whether we walked and lived and talked the way that we should, 
But this freedom is even beyond the freedom that we know in a natural sense in this country, is it not? Way beyond. He went on to say, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. The prophecy of Jesus Christ. Why was he satisfied? Because all that the Father give him will come to him and one day they will all live with him throughout all eternity. There will be no more sin. There will be no more sorrows. There will be no more tears. It is the hope that anchors our soul as God's children, I, I believe. It's what keeps us coming to the house of the Lord and wanting to worship God. Understanding there is nothing more beneficial in our life than Jesus Christ. There's nothing that should be more important in our life than Jesus Christ. What happens in this country is what's happened throughout history. It's like a roller coaster. It's up and down. But when you read the history of our forefathers, the ones who went to battle with Great Britain, you, you, you find some of the most God-fearing men you'll ever read about. And I read about them because the Lord said we're to look upon the examples of those that went before us and those that live among us. They were great examples, willing to give everything they had for the cause of freedom. God so loved the world, his chosen, that he gave his only begotten son. He loved you and I so much that he gave everything he had, the best that he had, his perfect sinless son, to take our sins and put upon him. For he himself bore our sins in his own body upon the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. By his stripes ye were healed. We were healed. When he went to the cross and died for our sins. And on the third day, he rose for our justification. We are justified now. How can that be? It can only be in the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. You can't say enough about Jesus. You can't preach enough about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And you know, if we would live and understand and live the way that we should, we should give our life to the Lord. And what I mean by that, we should surrender our life. I used to wouldn't say those things because other folks said it. But that's the truth. We don't surrender our lives to become a child of God. We should surrender our lives because we are children of God. There's no other reason that you wouldn't live for the Lord. doesn't matter what somebody else does. It really doesn't. What matters is you. You're the only one that can change anyone. You're the only one that can do anything about anyone. We can encourage folks. We can pray for folks. Well, we really can't change them. The Lord can, but we can't. We need to do what we can. We need to pray for them. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He didn't die in vain. I'm going to tell you that right now. He did not. He didn't die in vain. He didn't go to the cross of Calvary and die for the entire Adamic world hoping that the entire damn it world would make the right choice, make the right decision. If we would have been able to do those things, he'd have never had to come. We'd have made the right decision from the start. But no, we're sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. We all fit into that category. There was only one man that ever lived on this earth, and he was God also, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. He was perfect and he was sinless, but his father was not Adam. There's not a one of us besides him that can trace our father to anyone else but Adam. We all fell in Adam. We're all sinners, and we all need to be saved from our sins because we cannot save ourselves. 
freedom and liberty, what a great blessing it is. Not only in the natural sense, I don't think I know how great it is because I've never lived in an oppressed country. I've never lived in a communist country. I've never lived in any country that had a king that was oppressive. I've been blessed to live in the best days throughout history, I believe. As you read the history of this world, you've lived in the best times. They may not last, but any of us that's got any age on us, we've lived in the best times that I think you can find in the history books of this world. Isaiah chapter 61, we'll move on. It says, The Spirit of the Lord, God is upon me. This is another prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. What were we captured by? Our own sins. We stand in captive to our own sinless state. And we've been given liberty by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. We're bound by sin. Our flesh is weak. We're told to watch and pray that we are not into temptation. For the spirit, so the spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. We're weak in the flesh. And we're still clothed in this old sinful flesh. But Jesus Christ came to open those prisons. He came to give liberty to the captives. Friends, that's you and I. Let's go to Luke chapter 4, I believe it is. That was the prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we see Jesus himself speak in his ministry upon the earth. In the Gospel of Luke, verse 18, chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Deliverance is freedom. To preach that, to tell you that he has literally freed those who were captive to sin and had no hope. Those of us who had no way to go to heaven apart from the finished work of Jesus Christ. There was no way. When he went there, he was despised and rejected of men. He walked down that road of Calvary alone. There was no man found to help him. Read that in the Gospels. No one was found to help him. We couldn't help him. They couldn't help him. This was the road he had to travel if you and I were to ever live in heaven. You were freed from your sins and from the guilt of your sins by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's all. It was all him. It was none of us. He has sent to heal up the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. We were bruised by sin. We're unclean. For hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. He was that perfect, sinless sacrifice, and the only hope that anyone in this congregation or that's ever lived upon this earth had of going to heaven was what Jesus done. You and I cannot help Jesus. You and I not, cannot thwart that work. That work was set forth by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He shall save his people from their sins. I declare unto you today that he did. And it is my desire and a great wish, I guess you'd say, that God's people were flocking into the houses and they were worshiping him, not only for the natural freedom they have, but the freedom and liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. He set at liberty them that are bruised. He preached deliverance to the captives. 
He set us free from the law of sin and death. And He even took away our guilt. What a blessing it is. What a freedom we have in Jesus Christ. We were not there. We were not there for the natural freedom that God blessed men to have in this country for their service unto Him, for their faithfulness unto God, for their fleeing religious persecution. Today is Independence Day. We celebrate being independent from Great Britain. You and I didn't fight in those wars. I didn't fight in any war. I admire those who went to war to fight to retain the very freedom and liberty that we have, but those who literally fought for it when it took place, none of us live today. But we must look back and give them thanks. We must read of their devotion unto God. Unbelievable. They were willing to give up everything in this life for liberty and freedom. But you see, they had been under oppression, especially under religious persecution. They knew what it was like. I tell you today, I don't know what it's like, and I take going to the house of the Lord and the other things I do in this world for granted. Do you? I mean, it's all we've ever known. We know what we know, and that's the time in which we live. I sometimes wonder when I read history. Do you know that there's many young people in the schools today that don't know these things? History's not taught in the school like it once was. It's just not. I, I hear young people questioned by reporters sometimes when they ask simple questions about Columbus and other things that were great historical points in time in the past. Beneficial to us. No longer being taught. No longer necessary. They don't know what happened in the past. They don't know that the things that men gave up, that God blessed them to give up their wealth, their families, and go fight for the freedom that you and I stand here and enjoy today. Think about what God gave up in His Son, Jesus Christ. He gave up everything. He didn't have to come down to this earth and save us. But somewhere in eternity past, He loved us. He's always loved us. Jeremiah said, The Lord hath appeared unto me of old, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness have I drawn thee. If you've been drawn to God or to Jesus Christ by God the Father, it's because God has loved you forever. Seems impossible, doesn't it? It's hard to imagine that God has been forever, much less that He's loved you and I forever. If you're like me, what's to love? That's what I think when it comes to God and His holiness and His righteousness. Galatians chapter 5, and now we talk about a few things that I think we need to do as we consider this great freedom and liberty we have. Galatians 5 and 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. We've been made free. We didn't help get free. We didn't tear down the fence, dig a hole under the fence like some people break out of prison and then get caught again. We were made free by Jesus, no one else. There was no man found to help him. And now we're set at liberty. And it says to stand fast in that, to never depart from it. You see, if I believe if we stand fast in that, that means to be stationary. If we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that Jesus Christ will be the joy of our life. I've often thought about that. We were the joy of his life, and because of that, he endured the cross and despised the shame. It is now set down at the right hand of God forever. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sin, sins forever set down at the right hand of God. 
That means the work was finished. They never set down a, the priest when they went in the most holy of holies once a year in the Old Testament. But Jesus came and took our sins upon him. He bore himself. He himself bore our sins in his own body. Our sins. He bore them in his own body. He was crucified, beaten beyond recognition. But worse than that, God poured out the eternal punishment that you and I deserve forever in three hours upon the Son of God. And you and I have been made free from the law of sin and death, even from its guilt of what Jesus done. How can we not possibly enter into the Lord's house and worship Him as often as possible, live our lives every day realizing there's nothing in this world comparable to Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ and nothing else is what happiness should be about. I think sometimes that's why so many people are unhappy in life anymore. Money doesn't make you happy. It may make you excited for a few moments, but it won't be long when you need a new fix. It doesn't satisfy forever, but Jesus Christ satisfies forever. One day, this glorious body will be delivered. Romans chapter 8 says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. One day we're going to be complete. We're told that we were sanctified by God the Father in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And Paul prayed that he would preserve our whole soul Spirit and body, all three. He didn't just die for your spirit or your soul. He died for your body. It was all purchased by his precious blood. And he promised one day that he'd come back and he would receive us to himself. And where he was, we can go. In my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. He went to prepare that place to free you, to give you liberty from the sins that you and I could have never been freed from. He went there. That was where he went to prepare a place. He's not up in heaven building houses. He could have spoke houses into existence. He went to prepare a way, and he went alone. And he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may also be. He's going to come get every one of us one of these days, those that are already there. And those that are there, they're coming back. When he calls those bodies out of the grave, they're going to be reunited with their soul and spirit, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But friends, you're blessed today to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. You see, many of God's people continue to be entangled in a yoke of bondage. What is that yoke? It's a, it, it's a fact that, no, that there are a lot of God's people do not realize that liberty and freedom come solely and entirely by Jesus Christ, period. End of story. It's not by Jesus Christ and your good efforts or Jesus Christ and your acceptance. The truth is the truth. He came to do the will of the Father, and he done it. He went to the cross. He took our sins upon himself. He died. And on the third day, he rose for our justification. And because of what Jesus Christ did, one day he's coming back. He's coming back. And he's going to call all these bodies out of the grave and out of the ocean, or wherever they might have be at this time. And immediately they'll come forth in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. 
reunited with the soul and the spirit. And those of us who remain alive will be caught up in the air with them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's a lot of Christians today, a lot of God's people that don't understand they've been freed from the law of sin and death. They continue to believe they must do something. That's bondage. That's what the yoke of bondage was. In the Old Testament, they believed that they had to obtain righteousness by the keeping of the law. They never could. Now they say the law service is gone, but you've got to accept, make a decision. You've got to walk and do a certain amount of good works. Friends, I'm here to tell you, if we had the ability to do that, Jesus Christ would not have to come and save us. He didn't come save people that would begin, become willing to be saved. He came to save those, and he made them willing. Thy people will be willing in the day of thy power. He went on down and said, verse 13 of Galatians 5, and we'll try to wrap this up. For, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. You were called and made free. Do you know that? It wasn't a choice that you made. You were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were made willing in the day of his power. It's called irresistible grace, or the effects was called, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. We were called into liberty, not willingly. Not willingly. We didn't come willingly. No man can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. None of us came willingly. We were drawn to God by his omnipotent, irresistible grace. And for that, we ought to be forever thankful. And we ought to have a desire in our hearts to do everything we can to honor God, to be that example that our forefathers were unto us. Patrick Henry is just one. He's just one man. You read about Benjamin Franklin and many of them as they began to get this country rolling, how often they stopped their work and had prayer sincere prayer, many men to make the decisions. Think about the things we have in line today in the Constitution of the United States of America. Think about those things and read about them. If these men wasn't given wisdom by God, I don't know what happened because the foresight that they had was beyond their years. Because the things that are written in the Constitution of the United States of America are relevant today as they was the day they was written. These men wasn't just smarter than the average men. They were given wisdom by God Almighty. They had understanding. They had been under oppression and persecution for a long time. I tell you what, when you get on your knees tonight and every day, thank God for the freedom and liberty you have in this country and may pray, may God be merciful to us that it might continue from this generation forward. God is able. I pray that revival will come, that the, the hearts and minds of God's people would turn you know, whether or not they will, I don't know. But I continue to pray that prayer because God is able. God is able to stir the minds of his people. And I pray that he does. May we encourage them. May we pray for them. But may we thank God, not only for the natural liberties and freedom we have, but the freedom we have in Jesus Christ from the law of sin and death. We're going to live in Christ, with Christ in heaven, a place called glory. Utopia, I guess, would be what you'd say it is. I, I don't know how, how that'll be because none of us have ever lived there. But when this body of sin is removed, we're going to have a different outlook, a different perspective. We're going to look at Jesus Christ, and things are going to be far different than anything we've ever known, the greatest day that ever was. I kind of understand the formers, you know. I know Brother Chris quite well, and he's a good friend of mine, and, and many of you know Gabrielle, and I've just met some of the others. But I tell you what, when they said goodbye to their mother and the way that they said it, just showed you how strong in the Lord they were. 
how much difference the Lord had made in their lives. I pray that we have more folks like that, and us included, that we would show forth the Lord as we walk through and journey in this life. We owe it all to Him. I'm going to close. Just thank God for the freedom you have today and pray that He continue to be merciful for us from this generation forward for our children and our grandchildren. It's possible. With the Lord, there's nothing impossible. So we ought to pray that sincerely, effectually, every night and every day. May God bless us to continue on. And thank God every day for the freedom you have from the law of sin and death.